welcome, I'm Joe, And I'm Roddy. And you've joined us for Stage Door. We have a fantastic hour for you talking all things theatre, film and arts, including... Lifting the curtain. Giving you the inside info of all that's going on nationally, locally and digitally. That's right, we're snooping around backstage to bring you the news, the gossip and our pick of the week. The studio phone is set to ring any second with your ring-in requests. I wonder who will be on the line today. I wonder. <laughs> you can join us and take part in Name That Show, where we ask you to guess the musical from three brief clips of songs. Then as our quick quiz after two high-scoring weeks, will today <laughs> end my lucky run or can you help me get five out of five? Well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Later on in the show, don't miss Out of the Vault, where we share the plot of a show that you might not have heard of. Then make sure you catch our spotlight interview with Joe Carter. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> and that's all coming your way before midday here on Stage Door, sponsored by Jam Theatre Company in Marlowe. Live across the Thames Valley, this is River Radio. Here we are. We are. You're looking lovely in red oh, today. Thank you very much. Matching Amelia's suitcase that she's just wheeled out, having graduated yesterday. I know. How Congratulations, brilliant. Amelia. That's so oh, awesome. Woo woo. And here we are back, you in person. That's right, because last week I was nursing something. The C word. Yeah, yeah. COVID. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And there was me staring at a laptop screen. So it's very nice to have you in front of me again. Well, I, I love being here, obviously. And, you know, I think it did. We did quite well. We did. Yeah. I listened back and was surprised how seamless it uh, felt, given at the time it was it, pretty fraught. It might be because we've been doing this for a year, Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> Show 54, incredible, isn't it? That's awesome. And now we're live Happy on DAB. Happy yeah. What fun. I how know. was your weekend? Um, my weekend was absolutely lovely. Thank Shocker, you very much. as far as I was aware. Yes, we had uh, a show all <laughs> <Yeah>. weekend. <laughs> Four performances of about 150 dancers on stage and uh, it went really, really well. Fantastic. So, yeah, I'm thrilled, really thrilled. I spent a lot of the weekend creating a QR Easter egg hunt, okay. which I'm pretty pleased with. The only trouble is I ended up playing it with four students. It took me about eight hours to build <gasps> it in, in total, designing the QR codes, trying to make sure. the little forms work so that you can only get the next one to unlock once you've answered a certain Ooh. question. So it's quite fun. I learned a lot from it, but <laughs> now I don't know what to do with it. Okay, uh, or maybe next Easter mm. we can do it on a bigger scale. We could have it here in Marlow, for that example. Would be fun. Yeah, we could do a whole yeah. River Radio Easter egg hunt. That's yeah, it. That'd be fantastic, That's the one. This it? is your practice. Yeah, and then maybe the weather will be just like this. I mean, those April showers yesterday, flipping heck. Did you get caught in them? Uh, a little bit, but I yeah. was all right. I mean, it, I took some photographs of some beautiful daffodils in the sun and yeah. then flick forward 30 seconds and there's a thunderstorm on the go. But the, this is kind of maybe I brought the Aussie weather with me. Oh, really? Because that's exactly what's happening. Like, it's like flooding again. Apparently, really? my parents tell me, yeah, it's, it's, you know, torrential rain, flooding, but still 26. <laughs> Very crazy. Still 26. Uh, my ears are burning. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start Name That Show? Let's do it. Name That Show. Somebody hold me. Right, three seconds, Joe. I mean, you're getting meaner as the weeks go on. I know, but because this is such an, a well-known song and those words are pretty well-known. I mean, like, I've, I'm saying well-known all the time. But honestly, this is a standard musical theatre number. Right. Okay. So let's do that one more time. Maybe twice, because I guess I, I agree. All, all three seconds of it. Here it is. Somebody hold me. Okay. And again, come on, straight hot off the heels. Somebody hold me. Listen, I reckon. <laughs> I know people... how he feels. <laughs> 
too much. <laughs> now, listen, I mean, you know, this, this is good fun. So if you think you know what the song is, um, that's great. But I need the show that the song comes mm. from. So I reckon, I reckon most people know what the song is, but they might not. Correlate. That's what show. I did. I could sing the. I could sing along with it. Don't know the yeah. lyrics. I'm very bad at lyrics and well, the melodies, but I don't know the musical. Yeah, as you can see, I've got my leaderboard here with my yep. glittery, um, sparkly. Covered folder. in those little stars that I haven't seen since year two. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Uh, I approve. Yeah, good. Uh, so, if you want to email me, Joe at River Radio. That's J O at River Radio. Tell me what you think the musical is if you know what the song is yeah tell me that too you might even guess who the singer is because it's pretty clear actually tonally who the singer is but you've got two more chances for the rest of the hour so you know give us a call give us a email give us anything jo at river radio river dot radio even we're on river radio that's the one river dot (laughs) radio tell me the show Ah, 54 shows in and we're still creeping around backstage, bringing you the news and the gossip. I'm starting with some rather sad news. Did you see Bruce Willis is quitting acting? No, I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, got, he's been diagnosed with aphasia, which is, I think, from um, my scant knowledge and the Guardian article, um, where the brain struggles to process dialogue. And actually, oh. you're you putting it yourself. <laughs> Do you think you've just realised what the problem is? Okay. Um, but he, I watched Red 2. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, I have. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the whole franchise of those Reds is daft, yeah. but great fun. I mean, you've got Helen Mirren, John Malkovich, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Anthony Hopkins, for goodness sake. But I noticed, I said to my girlfriend, he's slurring a bit. Um, and I just, you know, I thought maybe he's slurred before and I haven't really noticed. Or maybe yeah. he's just a bit relaxed or maybe he's had a couple of drinks. But no, he's actually got aphasia. Okay. And so he's ducking out, which is a real shame. I heard some people talking about it on the train the other day because they'd seen it come up on their phone and he means so much to so many people partly I think because of Die Hard being such an instant hit oh that's Um, huge Yeah, and and he's he's got such a sort of firm place in people's hearts ever since so very sad to hear that Bruce Willis is retiring but what what an absolute back catalogue of work for us all to enjoy absolutely I remember him on the Friends episode um, when he's yeah. playing uh, Rachel's dad. Do you remember that? <laughs> I haven't seen uh, it for years. Oh, it's so funny, so funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's got some sad news. Uh, he lost £28.1 million in 2021 due to COVID. And what do, what what did uh, my brain do when I saw that? I go, right, so normally you make that in a year, do you? So if that's what you've lost, that's you having not had box office revenue. So, so you normally every year for the last 40 years, you've been making... Thirty million pounds a year. So, well, but we know it's more than that, though. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, boo-boo. Andrew, the, world, the world's tiniest violin. Gee, some people would have to eat food banks, but you know, mm. you're okay, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lord Lloyd Webber flying back on a plane in order to try and vote uh, in something years ago. They flew him back on a really crunch vote in the Lords. They flew him back oh, really? first class from New York. Yeah. Oh, well, that's how what the other do. half live, eh? That's what they do for me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on then. What have you got? Uh, what have I got? Browsing through her notes. Yeah, well, I I wanted to maybe talk about um, the sad news about Alra. Oh, yeah, more sad news. Yeah. yeah. Um, So the Academy of Live and Recording Art has been such an iconic place for so many people. Yeah, drama school training, yeah. North, south as well. Um, You know, one of my students, you know, graduated there and did really, really well. Got full scholarship there, actually. Oh, wow. And is in film now because of it. And it's just gutting when it's really obvious that those people really care 
They yeah. really care about the training of their students. They really care about the careers and the future of film and creativity in this industry. And uh, for those who hadn't read the news, unfortunately, they've had to close effective immediately. Um, Pretty much gone bankrupt, haven't they, by the looks of it? Yeah, they have. And they tried so hard to hang in there as well and try and get extra funding and try and keep going. It's really hard, that, isn't it? Because you don't want to worry the students whilst you're training them, but equally it's then a massive blow when it comes out of the blue. I know, I know. I know Rose, I think Rose Bruford has stepped in to try and rescue the graduating students. That's right. I saw in January, weirdly enough, that Alra had cut their audition fees by 85% to £5. I know. Which, of course, looked like a beautiful thing to try and get people through the door um, of from more diverse mm-hmm. backgrounds and I was like, very approving of that and yes. now you think oh gosh maybe actually underneath that is to well, try and one solve. of my students had a recall this Saturday oh. at so that's gone obviously frustrating yeah but you know all the best to those wonderful people who were hoping to go to Ara. there will be some place for you there will be something I'm sure something will open up for you and those uh, thank you Rose Bruford for stepping in and taking the existing students to continue to educate them in the career that they want to have yeah I mean there's always the Royal College of music don't worry about it because i don't know whether you saw but they've been ranked globally as number one for performing arts royal they've, college the royal college of music yeah uh so they they've overtaken the juilliard school in new york city um these rankings started in 2016 uh and they've got uh i mean the prestige clearly counts because there's there's something about royal pinging up because the next British one on the list is the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland and right. I think some of it possibly is people looking at it from afar and going okay so uh, you've got royal in your title you must be good but yeah but then there's a Royal Academy of Music that's got musical yeah. theatre masters yes. that, yeah, you know yeah. like this but yeah Royal College of Music well done you ranked globally number one for performing arts they've overtaken Juilliard and when which is exciting isn't it jab, jab a bit of <laughs> New York fine. in the eye but when when did that come out uh, about four days ago okay I mean, it does change quite regularly, yeah. doesn't it? Well, also, the rankings only started five years ago, six years ago. So, Oh, uh, for that particular one? This whole thing is quite new. Oh, OK. And all, it's like any institution ranking. It's like exam results tables, isn't it? You know, it's only, it only tells you part of the story. But well done then. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, we were so lucky in this country. It's awesome training. Absolutely. Now, I came up the tube earlier and saw an advert for Chris Rock which feels quite timely. He's doing stand-up at the Royal Albert Hall on a Thursday in May. Okay. Um, I suddenly wondered whether or not the ad had gone up because I wondered whether or not his tour is doing rather better after recent events, uh, just for him being in the news. But Ego Death is the name of his show, and he's at the Royal Albert Hall on Thursday the 12th of May. Ego Death. Speak now, uh, obviously, mentioning... You just jumped out your chair then. I got really excited. I know we mentioned last week about the... Uh, Oscars yes. and about Will Smith and Chris Rock which is what drew my eyes to his poster on the tube yes. but did you see Lady Gaga with Liza Minnelli? It was the most beautiful oh. treatment because she has um, worked with Tony Bennett who also yes. has dementia yeah. um, you know she has a really lovely way so tender yes and so clearly like it was so heartwarming respectful exactly that's it and because she was in her chair and Gaga was so kind um, do you see that the public they love you she said I know. when she brought her out and then as they rolled the best picture clips Gaga Bennett down and said I got you and Liza, and Liza says, says I, I know. know oh I'm welling up I know. how beautiful I know so yeah there were, were some rather beautiful poignant moments of that honouring well. a legend I mean you know yeah. that's what it's about it's not about ego is it no fantastic should we play some music and then come back lifting the curtain yes know what to do you gotta do it in a hurry gotta hustle gotta bustle gotta scoot you gotta scurry because we got no time to fool around around here around here 
gotta get it right on the first try, honey. Cause each mistake means they're losing lots of money. And we got no time to waste a dime around here. Here's your mimeograph and the carbon paper. There's your intercom. There's the phone and there's the stapler. Got your shredder, got your letters. Gonna type, you gotta write. Is that clear? Is that clear? Got your three-hole punch and at noon take lunch. Keep it running, keep it coming. Gotta pump, you gotta hump. Cause we got no time to fool around around here. Follow me. This is Roz Keith, Mr. Hart's administrative assistant. Violet, I've been meaning to talk to you about Mr. Hart's rules regarding office decor. No personal items on the desk. We mustn't look cluttered and sloppy. An office that looks efficient is efficient. efficient. I've typed up this memo and you can post it on the bulletin board. Thanks, Roz. I know just where to stick it. Dear old Roz is Mr. Hart's administrative eyes, ears, nose, and throat. If you ever want to gossip in the ladies' room, check under the stall for feet first. For such a thing as your personal worries Gotta grow, you gotta show Gotta keep it in tow around here Let's recap Around here Know who to trust Know it in a hurry Around here No time for any personal worries Around here No laughing, no jokes And mind the dress code Around here No no clutter on the desk Around here No breaks or personal effects It's all about the job and getting it done <laughs> Fantastic. That was from nine to five, did you say? It is, uh, with Alison uh, Jenny playing the lead there. Singing. Very nice. Well, you're listening to Stage Door, sponsored by Jam Theatre Company Marlow on River Radio. You can listen on our website, river.radio, on our mobile app for Apple and Android. Just search for River Radio Live. You can tell Alexa, play River Radio. And we're now live on DAB, right across the Thames Valley. We are, and you know, it was really lovely. The Bucks Free Press, Maiden Advertiser, um, everybody's really getting on board with yeah. uh, River Radio, which is fantastic. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, this is Stage Door. We're lifting the curtain. Jay, what have you got? Well, there's a few things uh, locally, actually, that might Great. be fun. Um, I really want to sort of um, interject with some of the uh, kids' stuff yeah. because it's Easter, half term, etc. Isn't et cetera, it just? Don't I know it. <laughs> Holidays ahoy. Um, at Norton Farm in Maidenhead. Um, on the 12th of April, which is uh, next Thursday. Is it next Thursday? The when? The 12th the of 12th. April. No, that doesn't sound like next Thursday. It sounds like next Tuesday. 
It does. Okay, well, there's a, a typo on that one. So, um, there's a show called Not So Ugly Sisters. Um, so we obviously know the normal story about Cinderella and everything like that, but this is the Not So Ugly Sisters, and, you know, there's nothing better than some local live theatre for children to get them, you know, excited, and, you know, it's so different to a film, isn't it? Because yeah. with a film... Um, you know, you can sit there and chat to your mum and all that kind of stuff. Ideally not. <laughs> but with live theatre, there's a different, different buzz. There's the interaction. And I know that when you do stuff um, with children's theatre, mm. Roddy, you know, you love the, the feedback, don't you? You yeah. like the response and, uh, you know, everything like that. You, and you see their eyes it. light up. I yeah. mean, some charming stories. I remember a friend years ago at the Nuffield in Southampton when the curtain went out, the kid went, oh, it's in 3D. <laughs> And I had kids at Panto this Christmas. We were waving, Rita and I at the end, doing the sort of final dance and waving yeah. out at the kids. And you saw these kids go, wait a second, they're, they're waving at me. They're, they're not behind a screen. That realisation of yeah. the fun of live and the interaction, the feedback you get is great. And they're a very honest audience, kids. Yeah. If they don't like it, if they're bored, they'll start crying, they'll wander around, they'll hitch the nappy up. I know. <laughs> or maybe, yeah, that's a bit too much. But anyway, um, but I, like, I remember, um, you know, just even when we did Pub in the Park last year, yeah. uh, you know, when we got the kids to cross their fingers and close their eyes and yeah. wish that, you know, this would work. And, and just seeing, you know, loads and loads of kids do that and get involved. It teaches so nice. them the suspense of disbelief as well at a certain age, because around about six or seven, they look at you quite cannily going, are you... you this isn't real, is it? You're not, but you're playing. You're an adult and you're playing a game with us. And they like it because it means that they've got a grown up who's getting involved. I think it's one of the loveliest things about drama is that it encourages that sense of play that we all have as children, but which gets ironed out of us by education sometimes. So yeah. I know, and we don't really want that, do we? No. Uh, Wickham Swan has uh, In the Night Garden Live. Oh. Yeah. So if you like that, uh, you can pop along. Does that mean you'll have a, an asleep child by the end? Because it's designed to completely calm them down, isn't it? But then I imagine going back into a bright-lit foyer through a multi-storey car park and then herring home on the A404 is going <laughs> to slightly imagine? wake the kid back up. Well, hopefully, you know, the parents have got it sussed now that you just drive, you know, very, very steadily. Calmly. Yeah. And then in an electric car, yes, you won't even have the hum when you just sit there very calmly. Yeah. And a bit later on, um, for those children that are a little bit older... Private Peaceful, we mentioned this last yes. week. Uh, Michael Mopergo's uh, story uh, is on at the Wickham Swan from the 31st of May. So in the Night Garden, um, have a look at that at Wickham Swan as well, if you've got really young ones. Aww. Now, I've got tasting notes at the Southwark Playhouse from the 27th of July to the 27th of August. So looking ahead, but we like the Southwark Playhouse. Why am I mentioning this? Well, Charlie Ryle, who's a friend of mine, has written it with Richard Baker. Um, and Rhys Owen, who we've had as a guest in the Spotlight interview chair on stage, door he's workshopped it last year so really excited okay. to see that come to the stage the photograph the the poster is of a glass of wine being sloshed around so there's a it's obviously all about wine it's set in a wine bar tasting notes it's a musical clever title i also like the strap line a new musical with legs <laughs> very good and it's about the life of a wine bar the people who service the people who drink and the people we meet on our way so that's a fab character-led new musical at the southwark playhouse in july and august now, uh, the Reading Theatre, there's loads of things up there as well. The Reading Rep Theatre has a fabulous show called Albie the Penguin Saves the World. Oh. Doesn't that sound cute? It does, very much. Yeah, and that opens... Um, that's it, actually, it's already open. Oh. You can go. It's in, it's on, it's up. It is. So, um, so book now, that's the, as I said, the Reading Rep Theatre. 
Uh, so enjoy that little thing. The last thing I wanted to mention this week yeah. is that Merseyside has a new Shakespeare theatre. You might be familiar, Jay, that I like Shakespeare. Uh, no, I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, Shakespeare North Playhouse. Okay, go on. Um, it's, they've built this £30 million new theatre in Prescott. It's 470 seats. It's called The Cockpit, and it's modelled on Inigo Jones's design for Charles I's cockpit theatre in 17th century London. It's got also got an outdoor performance garden funded by Ken Dodd's charitable foundation, and it's even got a small studio theatre. And it throws open its doors on the 15th of July in a really unusual celebration. Okay. They're bringing the builders in. They've got footballers, local heroes. Um, Jimmy McGovern, that very famous scriptwriter, he's from around there, screenwriter. Uh, comedian Johnny Vegas is going to be there. So oh. that's a new Shakespeare theatre. We were excited in recent weeks on Stage Door about the number of new theatres opening in the West End and around London. But how cool that Merseyside's getting a new Shakespeare theatre as well. That is really, really great, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a little bit of gossip. Oh, um, yeah. Michael Ball... You know, once again, West End theatre legend. Love, love changes everything. That's Doesn't a bit, sound like that, does that's it? That's Ian McKellen singing. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Um, so he's writing his first novel. Is he? Yes. Interesting. Not even just a memoir thing. This is a proper novel. It's titled The Empire. And it's set in 1920s in a scandalous northern theatre. Doesn't say which one. Um, But it's not all bright lights and encores as there's a dark secret waiting in the wings. Yeah. So that's quite fun, isn't it? It's not going to be available till the 13th of October, just in time for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. But that's good on you, Michael. Yeah, very good. Innovative, branching out, doing something new. Have you got a novel in you? Uh, Of course. I've got several. (laughs) You know I do lots of writing. (laughs) When, uh, when are they coming out? Um, um, I just need a little bit more time. Today. <laughs> it, it's proofreading. it's when the thirty hours um, happens. All oh, right, time for our pick. Now I'm cheating slightly here because this is Go a on. show I mentioned ages ago on Stage Door. Okay, but it's back and it's only on till the thirtieth of April. It's Small Island at the National Theatre. Yes, I saw this a few years ago. It's on in the Olivier, which is a beautiful bowl of a space. It's modelled on Epidaurus in Greece, which is a huge sort of uh, enormous twenty thousand seater theatre with incredible acoustics. If you've not been to the Olivier, go to the South Bank uh, in London. It's worth a visit just for the building itself and for okay. the auditorium. But this production is really quite special. It's an acclaimed five-star production of Andrea Levy's prize-winning novel, Small Island. Um, Hortensia yearns for a new life away from rural Jamaica. Gilbert dreams of becoming a lawyer and Queenie longs to escape her Lincolnshire roots. And it strands all three of those stories together. It follows their lives through the Second World War. Um, We see HMT Empire Windrush arrive at Tilbury and then those hopes for a future in Britain meet that stubborn reality of post-war Britain. So it's a fascinating, quite sort of... uh, lays open some home truths about how Britain treats people arriving in our country. But it's an incredible story. It's beautifully told. There's music. Um, it's it's lit. It's such a stunning show. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's adapted by Helen Edmondson, directed by Rufus Norris. It got five stars. Uh, Mail on Sunday said it was resonant, funny and moving, which is telling for that publication even to have um, had their heartstrings tugged by it. Um, and it's that tangled history of Jamaica in the UK. That's on at the National Theatre and it's only on until the 30th of April. So get your tickets now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh, oh no, there's supposed to be more of that. We're having a very giggly time here. Shall I play that again, but the whole thing this time? Please. No problem. (laughs) But alone 
is alone. Right, so you've given us a few more seconds this time round. I have, once again, one of the most iconic musical theatre songs, really and truly. Everybody has recorded it, uh, you know... It's from a very fabulous, wonderful, uh, recently awarded musical okay. uh, in London. But, um, you know, just so many... Giving clues. I, I am. Like I'm, I don't need to, really. Your, um, young age. Young age. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yes, absolutely. Clutch that from the jaws of disaster. I was I? just going to see if anybody has emailed in with... Uh, you know, the with an offer of yes. what the show might Let be because it's look. the show we want, and that's it the is second a show. Of okay, three. so somebody's guessed the name of the song. Oh, well done. Yep, well done, uh, Samantha. That's really fantastic. But we're looking for the name of the show. Well done, though. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. So, extra points, extra prize for who is singing. Mm, mm. Very good. Have you worked it out yet? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I recognise. I still. I know the song. Couldn't name the musical. Couldn't tell you who's singing. Does it become more obvious? Uh, no. No, but, you know, we'll get there. Joe doesn't give anything away easily, as you'll find out in the quiz later on. <laughs> oh, no. Joe, the phone's ringing. But the phone's to... near you. <sighs> Would you like to pick it up? I've worked on the phones before. All right, go on then. Hello, good afternoon. Hi, Joe and Roddy. It's Sharon here. Oh, hi, Sharon. I'm really enjoying the show. Could I request the song I Can Hear the Bells from Hairspray? <sighs> this musical is really close to my heart because it was the first one I saw in West End and I'd love to hear the song again. Aww. Thanks so much. The Aww. first one in the West End. That's really sweet. I nearly turned into doing my market research interviews from old there. Pick up the phone and just go straight into autopilot. Yeah. Glad you didn't. Those early memories of theatre, Starlight Express was the first thing I saw okay. in West End. Can you remember what you saw? No. <laughs> well, it was a long time ago. Um, so <laughs> right, wow. Quick, we, best play, we best play this before I get Moving hustled, on. hustled out. Let me change those quick quiz questions. <laughs> oh, no. Here it is. I can hear the bells. Just for you, Sharon. Our ringing request on stage door. I can hear the bells. Well, don't you hear them chime? Can't you feel my heartbeat keeping perfect time? And all because he touched me. He looked at me and stared. Yes, he bumped me. My heart was unprepared when he tapped me and knocked me off my feet. One little touch now, my life's complete. Cause when he Love put me in a fix, yes it hit me Just like a ton of bricks, yes my heart burst Now I know what life's about One little touch and love's knocked me out And I can hear the bells, my head is spinning I can hear the bells, something's beginning Everybody says that a girl who looks like me On a date and then round two I'll crimp but won't be late Because round three is when we kiss inside his car Won't go all the way but I'll go pretty far 
could hear Sharon singing from a bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the vocal tone in that sounded a bit like Sharon. I can imagine her singing it. The bells, the bells are ringing. <laughs> so thanks for that ringing request. If you'd like to request a song, you just have to email joe at river.radio and tell us all about it. Well, bells often ring to portend an omen, right? Bring out your dead, bring out your dead. Loads still to come on stage door, including our spotlight interview with our very own Joe Carter. Woo woo! But wow. now, ominously, bom, 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 It's time for the... It's time for the quick quiz. Okay, so we have five questions, and if anybody would like to help Roddy, uh, Roddy at River.Radio, email in any of your suggestions for the right answers to Please give him help. I've been do. very generous. I got 14 out of 15 two weeks ago. Yes. I got five out of five last week. Very generous. So I'm clearly just very good at this. I've had lots of compliments about the um, how many seats were in it, the theatre one. Oh, what, the higher or lower than yeah, 2,000? Yeah, it's yeah. good fun. All right, I'll do that again another time. Okay, question one. Which performer is the only performer to have won... Best actor in a musical and best actor in a play in the same year at the Olivier's. Okay, so which performer is the only performer to have won both best actor in a musical and best actor in a play in the same year at the Olivier's? I'll give you a clue. It was in 1996. I was going to say, can I have the year? Yeah. Ooh, okay. okay. I mean, I wasn't really paying much attention back then because I was just starting secondary school, but... Okay. Okay, (laughs) question two. What links the musical Wicked... With the Disney movie Frozen. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah? What links the musical Wicked with the Disney movie Frozen? Question three. Which actors starred in La La Land, playing the lead characters of Sebastian and Mia? Huh? Which actors starred in La La Land? Oh, you want the two? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing the lead characters of Sebastian and Mia. I can think of one of them. Yes. And what's she called? I'll have a guess. <laughs> Yeah, you'll get it. Um, which Disney spectacle was the first to hit Broadway? I'll give you a, a choice. Was okay. it Tarzan? Yeah. Lion King? Yeah. Mary Poppins or Beauty and the Beast? Okay. Well, I know which one was the first in the West End, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. Might be wrong, but... But it is Broadway. Is this niche? Are you going to go, actually, you're fine, they did a oh, workshop not, of no, it. No, 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 no. Okay. It's just... Box standard. So, what that was, which Disney spectacle was the first to hit Broadway? Um, and finally, question five: Which of these revivals used state-of-the-art technology through digital projections? I'm going to give you four, and it's one of them. Okay. Okay. So, which of these revivals? And remember, revivals use state-of-the-art technology through digital projections. Was it Gypsy? Was it the Pajama Game? Sweeney Todd? Sunday in the Park with George? It's a very good question, Joe. I have absolutely no idea. Well, um, I think people need to email in. Yes, please. Roddy, R-O-D-D-Y, like Noddy but with an R, mm-hmm. at river.radio, please. Help me out whilst we play this. Bad nut. Daddy, what's happening? Wonka, she's headed for the nutcracker! Oh! 
I can't. The posture's terrible. No Did you like that? I did. What's that then, please? That is the Veruca Nutcracker yeah. from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. My time is up. Your time is up. Did you get any assistance? Uh, let me just check my emails excitedly. Lots of people will have messaged me. That, no, everyone else is as confused as I am. Okay. All right. So question one was, which performer is the only performer to have won both the best actor in a musical and best actor in a play in the same year at the Olivier's? The year was 1996. I don't know. Hugh Jackman. Judy Dench. Oh, what yeah. were they for? So Absolute Hell was the play, and A Little Night Music was the musical. This is how I know my flatmate's not listening, because he's friends with Judy Dench, and he'd have shouted that at the radio and then texted me with something outrageous <laughs> as well, like, you're an idiot, you should have known that. <laughs> oh, that's frustrating. I was thinking of um, uh, the one that uh, Hugh Jackman did at the Olivier in the National. I was oh, wondering whether uh, that was possibly, yeah. possibly what uh, Did you want to do a... Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, I do. Effects. Oh, yes, sorry. <coughs> yeah. Thank you. For the family fortunes, yeah. <laughs> uh, what links the musical Wicked with the Disney movie Frozen? I'm guessing that's Adele Dazeem. Adina Menzel? <laughs> 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 it is. Adina Menzel was Alphabet in Wicked and also the voice of um, Elsa in Frozen uh, in the songs. Uh, question three. Which actors starred in La La Land playing the lead characters of Sebastian and Mia? Is it Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone? It is. Yes. Well done. So I got can picture their faces. Out of three. Yeah. The opening of La La Land is one of the best things ever. Question four. Which Disney spectacle was the first to hit Broadway? Now, you said you, you thought you knew I, what it was in the West End. I know what it is in the West End. Uh, it's Beauty and the Beast. What was that? It was Beauty and the Beast in the West in in the West End. But w- what options have I got? Multiple choice: Beauty and the Beast, Tarzan, uh-huh. Mary Poppins, Lion King. I'm going Beauty and the Beast. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> and finally, which of the these blah blah? Which of these revivals <laughs> used state of the art technology through digital projections? You had a choice of Gypsy, Pajama Game, Sweeney Todd, Sunday in the Park with George. So, state-of-the-art technology through digital projections. In a revival. In a Read revival. Read them again, one by one. Gypsy. Saw that, don't think it did. Pajama game. Didn't see that, possible. Sweeney Todd. No, uh, I didn't see that. Ah, oh, it's going to be Sweeney Todd, I reckon. Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, but then that's sometime they'd probably got excited about that. It's one of those two. I'm going to go with Sunday in the Park with George. That, that is correct. Yes. It's also because it's, you know, based on a um, painting. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it that one by the? Is it that famous the, artist 
by the river. <laughs> Matisse? I've got, yeah, is it? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, you know, all them on the riverbank. People river sitting bank. by a riverbank. Yeah, having... Oh, my giddy on. I had that in a National Gallery calendar in my old bathroom. And I, I, right. put, it, I put that calendar up expressly so I'd learn the names of famous artists. And well, I clearly haven't. Well, you need to get that sorted. <laughs> OK, thanks very much. Right, whilst I worry about that, let's take ourselves into the vault. OK. This is our Out of the Vault segment where we bring you... The details of a musical you might not have heard of. Right, we're inside. Yep. We're rifling through the cabinet. Okay. You've got your caramel macchiato with an extra shot. I have. And it is a W? Yes. Oh. Uh, so, yes, we're going to talk about um, The Wedding Singer. Ah, yes. That's such a fun, fun show. Now, did you ever see the film The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler? Nope. Okay. So, uh, it's- What you'll discover is I have seen next to nothing on film. Yeah, okay. Okay, so it's a really fun, silly, you know, Adam Sandler uh, film. Okay, so this musical is based um, from that, but actually I prefer the musical over the film because the writers have done such a brilliant job of just enhancing Mm. the ridiculousness of the storyline. So it's... um, the film was written by Tim Her- Hurley. <laughs> this always reminds me of Wogan. Wogan Hurley. used to look at this. You'd hear Wogan fluff with yeah. the name and you'd go, I should read these before I do them. <laughs> and I often have that drop in my brain when I'm trying to read a okay, name. Okay, but in all honesty, I did try this before. <laughs> <laughs> so the film uh, was written by Tim Hurley and the book is by Chad Begwin and Tim Hurley. Okay. Uh, Chad Begwin. Begwillen. It's there we going go. really well, yeah. It is really going really well. Music uh, of the musical is by Matthew Sklar and lyrics by Chad Begwillen again. Okay, so the wedding singer. <laughs> Are you right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm holding it together. This is so, so brilliant. Okay, so it's very um, 1960s, 1980s. I know that sounds a bit bizarre, but it's, um, I was going to say, it's not 1960s. It's like what Hairspray did for the 60s, this is done for the 80s. If that oh, really? Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so it's so much fun. So let's head back to the 1980s. Rock star wannabe Robbie Hart is New Jersey's most in-demand wedding singer, as love is what he does. Right, that's one of his songs that he sings. Right. However, when his own wedding plans go down the pan and he's left standing at the altar, Robbie's heartbreak is so severe... He suddenly makes him the worst wedding singer you can find, and he tries to ruin every wedding he has to perform at. Great. Okay. But then at one of them, he... You'd think bookings would drop off. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, He is really the only person that people, you know, employ. Um, Him and his mates, you know, doing the rock band kind of job. We need to refer him to the Monopolies and Murders Commission, yeah. Um, Anyway, so he ruins every wedding until he connects with Julia, who's a pretty young waitress at one of these weddings. Mm Mm-hmm. And she dreams of her own perfect wedding. Uh, the problem is that she's engaged to <laughs> Glenn, who's a rich, very shallow Wall Street broker. Great. Glenn, okay. funny name. Yeah. I love collecting funny names. from Glenn is a funny name. Very good. Okay. So despite um, Robbie and Julia's growing feelings for each other, um, a series of miscommunications lead them away from each other and Julia going to elope with Glenn in Las Vegas and Robbie decides to play the gig of his life to win her heart and her hand in marriage. So he pulls out all the stops as a wedding singer and a devotee of love, even though he's had his heart broken before, uh, to win her over. So we're going to play um, the finale kind of piece that sort of sums up the story, but it is very funny very funny at all. Um, and uh, yeah, let's go for it. 
And there we are. Love is what I do. The wedding singer musical. So if ever you see it come back uh, into uh, the UK, go and see it because it's such a laugh. It's so good. And there's a film version I can watch in the meantime, right? There is. I need to catch up. I remember when you did it, howling with laughter at the moment when he goes, I'm not going to do weddings. I'm going to do this, that and the other. There's only one thing left. And then a very distinctly Jewish tone came in. like, And I howled with laughter and barked because I knew I, I was like, yeah, it's the classic, you know, funerals, bar mitzvahs. But, absolutely. And I cackled in the blackout and then no one else laughed. And I was like, <gasps> oh no, it's just, I've misread the room. I've got this wrong. <laughs> so I abruptly stopped laughing. And then out came an entire chorus of dancers in kippers. And Absolutely. I was like, oh, I was right. You were right. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Right, okay. So this is really simple, isn't it? Okay, so every week we play three little clips of a song from musical theatre or from a film that's, uh, you know, very well known. You tell us what it is. What has that come from? What song is it? Who sang it? That's great, wonderful. But what show has that come from? Oh, do you want that third clip a third time? One more. Second time? How many? Hang on, I I was never very good at maths. Make me confused. Now, that's a little bit of an up-tempo version. You can have, like, full-on slow ballad versions of this as well, but this is sort of a bit of a mix, mm. this particular one. That but it's the lyrics. Then. It's the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. And so, J-O, Joe, at River.Radio, if you think you know I know, and I'd love people on my leaderboard. If you get it in the first go, you go in the, the number one column. If you've worked it out by the second little clip, you go in the second column. And if you've worked it out from that one... Let me put your name down. Yeah. You're listening to River Radio online at river.radio on Apple, Android and Alexa. You can listen again on our website. We're a podcast on Apple and Spotify and we're broadcasting live on DAB. Woo! The antennas went on. The antennae. I know. It's uh, so exciting. How exciting. I loved being in my car and being able to find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm loving seeing all the presenters like screenshotting that and having put it up there with all the big national yeah. stations. Still to come, find out if you correctly managed to name that show. But now to our Spotlight interview. Well, in an unusual move here on Stage Door, we're going to interview each other over the course of the next two weeks. Just we since are. we're now live on DAB, it made sense to explain who the heck we are and why we're in the studio hosting <laughs> Stage Door. Ah, uh, exactly. So I'm going to interview you, Joe. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Mildly apprehensious. But hey, you know, we've known each other for a long time, so I'm true. assuming you're going to be kind. 11 years. 11 years, That mate. is terrifying, wow. isn't it? Uh, how would you describe your job title, please, Joe Carter? My job title is a really, really tricky one. Currently, I am artistic director of um, a theatre company and, and a performing arts school principle basically um but i would probably classify myself as a creative okay yeah because you've done an extraordinary number of things uh, in your career what uh-huh. else have you done along the way that what other job titles would i be able to see if i printed off a copy of your cv on this handy well you would printer? see choir director you would see orchestrator you would say composer you would see you know like vocal coach vocal coach yep um yeah so many things that are to do with music and performing and, you know, even down to business coaching, you know, um, using the arts in business. So, yeah, I, it's really hard to 
uh, working out. I mean, because I started out as a musician and I thought if I did anything different, because I started writing. Yeah. I started writing shows. Like one of my first shows um, that I directed and wrote, I was 19 in Australia. And I was, you know, thinking, oh, no, but I'm meant to just do music. Yeah. And I didn't understand this concept of being a creative uh, that actually you could do lots of different things. Um, like I like designing costumes and, you know, things like that. It's as funny well. that, isn't it? I think that slightly comes from school. There's something about the way that, and it's not careers, it's not the careers teacher, it's just the way the world sees it, that you need to have, a pigeonhole seems rude for the world to have put you in as well, but it feels like there has to be a singular mission mm, that you set yourself an identifier. off on. And yeah. particularly in the arts, that's rarely the case. Mm. People enjoy whatever it is that they get from it. It yeah. happens across different disciplines. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise no, me. Absolutely. So how did you get started? Um, I got started because um, apparently I came home from preschool, kindergarten, we call it in Australia, yeah. and I'd learnt Baba Black Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to my mum and my nan, I said, oh, you know, I'm going to play it on Nanny's piano. And I did. No. At the age of three. So <laughs> my mum doesn't muck around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she went, right, something's going on here. <laughs> Get this child to a music school. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't just the local piano teacher. My mother decided I had to go to the Conservatoire of Music <laughs> at the age of three and a half. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Um, Pretty prodigious. Yeah. So I was very fortunate that I had a fantastic teacher um, who really, um, yeah, took my obviously whatever I had at that point and uh, enhanced it. And I obviously then went on, did a d- degree at the conservatoire in Adelaide. Um, and yeah, then studied um, a bit of acting at the same time. I did um, psychology at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I well, did that quite makes sense things. of all those different career paths. Yeah. Up to you later as yeah, well. absolutely. And um, what hurdles have you personally faced? That's a question on the list you've given me of questions we're going to discuss with each other. Hurdles. Um, I, I know that sounds really weird. Being mm. in Australia, it's a very, very big country. Yeah. And I kind of felt, even young, that I didn't know how I was going to do what I wanted to do in such a big country. And I always imagined being here in the UK, yeah. but didn't know how I was going to get here. One day I get a phone call from one of my university professors who was British yeah, asking me to come and teach with him. Oh, wow. Here? Here in the UK, yeah. Where was he? Which, which So he was, um, he was based in Kensington basically yeah. and it's, he was teaching at the school where Prince George and Princess Charlotte and everybody goes. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so he got me over and I was teaching music to people like that. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, the Delavines, you know, uh, oh, wow. when they were tiny and all yeah. that. So some, some amazing, um, lovely, lovely people that I managed to, you know, share music with and, um, you know, get them interested in that sort of thing. And is that how you segued into telly? Telly. Telly's a different thing again. Um, TV. I kind of got, I was working with, um, I'm sure you know these two, Carrie and David Grant. Yeah, yeah who are um, amazing people uh, in the arts and in performing. And they asked me to come on board with them while we were working on the Spice Girls tour. Mm -hmm. So we were teaching them harmonies and um, just, you know, just making sure they had everything they needed uh, for the show, vocal warm-ups, all that kind of stuff. And so that was really great. That was um, the Holler tour when uh, Jerry had left. 
Okay. So that was an amazing opportunity. Loved every every second of it, and fabulous girls. And after that, um, there was a TV show um, that came up called Fame Academy on the BBC, and. I was asked just originally just to play for the auditions, <laughs> yeah. uh, play piano for the auditions. And some people had like written songs that they wanted to do themselves because they were songwriters, singer-songwriters. And so they would sing their song that nobody knew. And uh, I've been blessed with a very, very good ear. So I started making up accompaniment on the piano underneath <laughs> their songs. Wow. And uh, I remember the head of Mercury Records was uh, in the room and he was just like staring at me going... How do you do that? <laughs> you know, and then they they created a role for me on Fame Academy um, as the music coach, and and uh, you know I did two series of Fame Academy of which was like three months each, I think. Then we did uh, um, Comic Relief does Fame Academy, so I worked with some incredible, beautiful people like um, you know Ruby Wax and you know s- some fantastic. Uh, You've come across a lot of people in your career, because I'm just looking, you've got Sting, M People, Mariah Carey, Shania Twain, Lionel Richie, Lamar, like, extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bizarre when you listen to the radio and, you know, like Lionel Richie's um, Easy, you know, comes on, and I'm thinking, I was, he was like, less, just a few centimetres away from me, and I yeah. was playing piano for him, uh, doing that song. As You know, same with Shania Twain and uh, Mariah Carey. We were doing a TV show, and I was uh, rehearsing the backing vocalists for her. Um, um, she may have mimed, and my backing vocalist may have sung live. So <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Wow. But, you know, this whole time I've been, you know, conflicted with always wanting to run my own performing arts school. Yeah. And uh, and also writing, because I absolutely love writing. Um, so I've actually written 15 musicals, believe it or not. 15? 15, Crikey. yeah. And one of them has been published and uh, been off Broadway twice, which is amazing. And another well one, done. you and I met. Yes. You and I met doing one in uh, the West End. Lazy Elf, the arts yeah. theatre, so yeah. That's exciting. And, uh, yeah, I'm... Writing another one for you to perform in very shortly. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I'll get my agent to be in touch. And where do you see yourself in a few years' time? Do you think that's a different career trajectory? Is there a different profession other than your own that you want to attempt? I I don't know that I have been doing my own. That's the thing. I don't know that I have been doing my own career. Oh, okay. So I've been, you know, I have three uh, very talented children who are all in the business as well. And I feel like my job for the last 10 years has been helping people um, prepare for careers in the industry, but also helping them be a very solid human being in our industry. Does it make sense? Um, So I've wanted to make sure that, you know, no door is closed to them and they are very open-minded and their eyes are wide open as they go into, um, you know, this this hard industry, it's fantastic. I wouldn't swap it for anything, but it's not always the easiest ride. No. Um, so, th- so that's exciting. But I would like to start to head back now to writing novels and um, plays and music and even just performing myself. Yeah. I mean, I haven't performed in, oh, I don't I hate to think, actually, probably right back to Australia's time. Because yeah. I did an album in Australia and everything. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. I think lockdown uh, has caused a lot of people to reflect on what they really want and to go, you know what, I want to do that now. Mm. That's always been the thing. And to focus, you know, rather than hedging bets and having multiple choice options Mm. to focus in on something. And this programme was created to celebrate all of the things that are coming out of lockdown. No, absolutely. Nice to hear that your doors are being flung open wide with lots of different career potentials. Yeah, be nice to do a few more things before I... Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we say goodbye, we need to polish off Name That Show. Right, so Joe, the time has come. We've got to put people out of we their have... misery. This week's show was... <laughs> Company. Yeah. So that song was Being Alive, which is such a famous song yeah. uh, in musical theatre. And that particular singer was John Barryman. Ah, that. It. Yeah. Oh, you know, I thought I recognised it. Well, look, I was offering to sing it, but maybe we'll play his version now for the show. The full track <laughs> of being alive from company. But for this week, that's it from Stage Door, sponsored by Jam Theatre Company, Marlowe. And that's it. And we're going to see us again next week. Yep, on 11 Thursday. 11 o'clock Thursday. Stay cool, everybody. And that's us from the Stage, Stage Door. Door. Somebody hold me too close Somebody hurt me too deep Somebody sit in my chair And ruin my sleep And make me Somebody know me too well Somebody pull me up short And put me through hell And give me support For being alive Being alive Make me alive Make me confused Mock me with praise Let me be Force me to care 